Tanner Lee here, the Tan and J-Man Show, and I'm very excited to have with me a good friend of mine, Rochester native, and 25-year vet on the PGA Tour, Chris Smith. Chris, thanks for joining me. Nice to be here. Yeah. Thanks for having me into the studio. <laughs> into the orange Broncos room. Yeah, everybody I'm not it. looking at that, not looking at that. <laughs> but I've been looking forward to this. This is something I've been trying to get scheduled with you for a while. I've been kind of promising some of our viewers and listeners that we're going to Gonna get you on, so now we're making it happen. Yeah, you're busier than I am. This oh, is I don't it's know taken about that. it's taken this long because you're much busier than I, I am. don't think that's right. It's probably that's, true. You got some exciting things going on that we're gonna hit on throughout the interview, but uh I spoke in the intro that you're a Rochester native. I am what was it like growing up in Rochester, Indiana? Uh it it obviously was great. I love Rochester, Indiana. Um, I love Indiana as a whole. I'm, you know, I've, I've been in Peru since 96. Um, but my roots are in Rochester and they always have been. Uh, it was fun for me because I grew up in the small town. Um, you know, I played golf at the Rochester Elks, which was a basically at this point, I understand it's a pitch and putt. And pretty much. pretty much. And back in the day, the round barn was the Rochester Muni. It was a nine hole course. There was not a driving range in the entire town. And that's all I knew. And I spent a bunch of time on the lake. Uh, every day I would go play golf. I would take about an hour, hour and a half break, go out and ski with my friends, enjoy the lake. Um, saw the same people at obviously church every Sunday at the grocery store, gas station. And I get on my bicycle and we lived on the lake. I get on my bicycle and ride in town and not come home for nine hours. And it was <laughs> always fine. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm incredibly thankful for the, for the childhood that Rochester gave me. I'm glad you mentioned that you grew up playing golf at the Elks. Who got you started in golf? I'm assuming it was your dad. It was dad, a hundred percent. And Really, I think the, I'm not really sure anybody really wanted wanted me to play golf. But at that point, I have two brothers that are six and seven years older than I am. So at that point, they needed the fourth. And so, I mean, <laughs> I was just a little kid. They started taking me to the golf course when I was three years old. Yeah. And it was just I was the fourth. They needed a fourth to fill out the foursome. So uh, dad got, you know, dad wanted, dad played football at Butler and did he really i did not know that he did oh. and uh there were some things that happened he didn't make it all four years at butler ended up at iu and got his degree okay. at iu okay um but yes he played butler or football at butler into sports athletics the whole thing and he the story goes which it was before i was born that he wanted a sport that he could do with his children and he loved golf and his dad loved golf and his father-in-law loved golf started playing golf and I never knew any different. You fell in love with it pretty much from the beginning. Or I did, did take some time or no, I did a hundred percent. Um, I, I was drawn to it from the start and I knew it's, I knew it ultimately that was from a very young age. I mean, I'd be mom would drop me off at the Elks and I was eight years old and she'd come pick me up in four hours. And I'd spend the four hours acting like I was playing in the Masters in the U.S. Open oh, and doing great. the whole thing. I mean, I if there, there's a little car path over there on the right of number nine at the Elks, 
and it went into the cart barn. And if, if you had any idea how many times I positioned myself somewhere around that cart path on the right of number nine at the Elks and tried to hit a shot because I had to get it up and down to win the masters, you would, it would blow your mind. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's true. Um, but I, I knew that that was just kind of in the back of my head the whole time. I knew that's what I wanted to do. I knew that I had, I don't, I didn't know necessarily at that point if I really had a gift or not, but I knew I loved it. But dad and having older brothers, it was nice because I still had a love for other sports too. You know, we'd, we'd play tennis all the time, basketball, we'd have baseball games in the yard. I played football through high school. I loved all that stuff. I loved the team aspect of that stuff because when I went to the golf course, it was, you know, it's me and, and, you know, Chris Carpenter is the pitch mm-hmm. for the Cardinals is one of my best friends. And he talks about all the time. He's like, I can, I can, when I was pitching, I could go to the mound and not have my best stuff. And I've got, you know, a team behind me that True. is going to make me look good. And, and on the golf course, when you go play golf, you don't have a team that's going to make you look good. You're either good or you're not. So it was fun for me to get the break with the other sports and have teammates and a teammate atmosphere and a locker room and, you know, multiple coaches. And so I always really enjoyed that growing up, the little league baseball. I mean, the whole thing, I did it all here in Rochester and I, I loved it, but I knew that at some point I was going to end up trying my luck at golf. Yeah. And it probably didn't hurt that your brothers, your older brothers, uh, Terry and Todd were successful golfers themselves. Not nearly as good as me. No. Absolutely not. Of course not. <laughs> yeah, they were. <laughs> they they kind of burned the path. They won a state championship here at Rochester. 1980. Yep. 1980 you know, no classes. Little Rochester went to the state championship, dominated. My brother, Todd, won an individual championship. They both went and played at Auburn and the SEC. So, I mean, yes, they yeah. did. They did burn a path. Yeah, they still me. have a picture up in the Rochester gymnasium. Yeah. Do I have one? Oh, you have a picture there. Oh, perfect. Okay. Well, then I'm okay with that. I got to say, I haven't been in the hallway for a while, but I haven't been into the building for a while. The last time I knew, yeah, yours was one of five different ones individually in the hallway. Probably not allowed in the building at this point, right? (laughs) I mean, not because of you. You took that the wrong way. With the COVID thing, you can't go in the building. I I haven't tried. I I haven't been in either. I will tell you, I I won a a state championship too, my sophomore year. And uh, I got a lifetime pass for myself and a guest to any Rochester sporting event. I did not know that. Yeah. And uh, it's a little laminated thing from yeah. 1985. I'll dig it up sometime and show it to you. Yeah, it's pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Cool. I, I mean, I, I carried it around a long time. I was living in Ohio for nine years. I mean, I carried it around for a long time. <laughs> it's beat up. It looks like I've That's gone awesome. to a lot of Rochester events, but I haven't. But yeah. I still enjoy. It's just it's it's where I became a person. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad you spoke of 1985. That was one of my talking points I want to get to. What was it like to win a state title in golf? I mean, that's, that's a pretty cool accomplishment. Well, I mean, really the simplest answer is it uh, when I did win, it was on to the next thing because I'd already, I spent, I, I still at this point, am, I've spent my whole life chasing my brothers down. Mm-hmm. Right. So you know, I saw them win a state championship in 1980 mm-hmm. and I was in whatever, you know, I was a sophomore in 85. So do the math, whatever. I was in sixth, sixth grade, grade yeah. and went and watched them play and they won. And it's like, oh, OK, well, if they won the state championship, then 
I'm also going to have to win the state championship. Yeah. And so it's just right. I mean, I, I, I was driving home. I was riding home from old Oakland and my parents, I mean, this is a different day and age, obviously, but John and Rob Sawyer, my two cousins were on that team also. And their aunt Sitno, Cynthia, mm-hmm. uh, was down watching. And my cousin, Craig, who was my age, he and I were put in charge of decorating all the cars in the old Oakland parking lot. And we did all that stuff. And then Cynthia drove us home because then they get home and they get on the fire truck and they drive, drive through town. Now, mind you, I'm a sixth grader, right? So, <laughs> but I remember all this very clearly. Yeah. And so I paint, I, you know, Craig and I painted the cars. I remember driving home from Indianapolis and before we got back to Rochester, I was like, okay, like those guys did it. It's it, that moment. It came something into my head that was like, I got to figure mm-hmm. out how I'm going to do that mm-hmm. because I'm going to do whatever they did and do it better. Mm-hmm. And so it, when I won, you know, it was a great, it was super happy. My mom, I hit a shot on 16, three iron over the trees. My mom will still tell you, I can still see the shot coming off my club. I'm a sophomore in high school and now I'm an old man, but I can still see the shot coming off my club. I can still feel the warm up I had that day on the range. Like it's very clear. And it was a very happy moment and it was a, a huge accomplishment, something that I really wanted to do. But then after I did, I was like, okay, they did that. I just have done that. My brother Todd was a good college player. So now I got to figure yeah. out how I'm going to be a good yeah. college player. Of so it's on to the next thing. Of course, I'm sure you wanted to win another state title. I did. That I leads got... me to your senior year. Yeah. You had the lead after day one. Yeah. What happened day two? I hate to bring back bring no, up bad memories, but it was fine. Um, I, did, I didn't putt very good, yeah. and we changed venues. Now we're playing at Prestwick, mm-hmm. and I it was the first year at Prestwick. I didn't really like the golf course. Kokomo had the best team in the state. Kokomo, I think, ended up winning the state championship okay. that year. Um, I think Rochester missed the first state cut, and so I was playing the second day as an individual. Um, I was, I still. I don't remember it as well because I didn't win, sure, but I, rem- sure. I remember plenty about it. And I know I remember Chris Williamson won and I remember, which I mean, nobody has any idea who that is, but he is a good player <laughs> yeah, at Kokomo. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I remember with like three or four holes left, I had a shot and I hit a bad shot on 17. I remember I hit a bad shot on 17. I ended up making, I think a bogey on 17. I had a bad drive on 18, <laughs> hit a good shot on 18, missed the putt. And I don't, I think I won. Or, I mean, I, I think I lost by two or three shots. Yeah. And it was fine. I mean, I was already set with Ohio State. Um, I was proud of what I'd done. I'd won sure. a couple state Absolutely. juniors. Um, and it just didn't work out. And it was probably a good lesson, to be honest, yeah. that I learned early that this golf thing, there are a whole lot more failures than there are successes. Mm-hmm. So it was just... A learning thing. I was happy. I was proud. I have the medal in my, you've seen it in mm-hmm. my trophy case yeah. at home. Um, super proud of it, but it didn't work out. Now, did you make state your junior year as well? I did. Okay. Yep. I, I played sure. all four years. I figured I was all state all four years. Okay. Um, so, I mean, it like there was, a, there were a lot of good things going sure. on and I was just, I, my dad did a really good job of, um, of getting me access I needed to be as good as I could be helping me with whatever I wanted to do, pushing me the right amount without ever 
pushing burning me. you out. Yeah. yeah. And I, as you know, dad and I would go over and we've talked about this before the golf seasons in the spring, dad and I would go over the Elks and we don't have a range. So school would start, I'd have to be at school at eight o'clock which I was always pushing it and they never really counted me tardy, which <laughs> was nice. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Mr. Eller. And, <laughs> um, Mr. Orv Huffman. I mean, yeah. thank you boys. Yeah. But, um, anyway, I, w- I would go over there in, uh, in the morning and dad would go over and we would, we'd get over the golf course at six o'clock in the morning and I would stand there and fire pellets for an hour and 20 minutes. And we'd get in the car and we'd beeline home. And mom would have breakfast ready. I'd go up, take a quick shower, come down, eat breakfast, and I'd go screeching into the high school at eight o'clock. But anytime I wanted to do that, which during the spring, during the fall, we didn't do as much because I was playing football. But during the spring, I did that. I would say the only time I didn't do that is if I had something else like that needed my attention that morning. Mm -hmm. But even if we had a match that night. I would still get up every day and I'd go at balls with dad and dad would go stand out. I'd hit seven irons and dad would go stand out 170 yards away. And he had seen me swing so much that he would stand in the distance. I would, you know, hit the shots, no commentary. My dog would sit next to the pile of balls and he would just sit there and wait for me to be done. And dad would catch each one as I hit it. And then when we got in the car and we drove home to have breakfast, dad would say, okay, your your hips aren't working right your legs aren't moving fast enough you're over the top whatever it was he could stand out 170 yards and knew and so i'd take a shower i'd have breakfast i go to school a whole day at school in the back of my head i'm like okay if i'm over the top i gotta figure out i'm i gotta get my lower body moving a little faster on it and then i would go to (laughs) practice and and play golf until dark that night and so that were i mean we did that every day is that would you say when, when did you figure out okay i might have a special talent i might be able to do something well my mom was telling me that when i was like three so yeah mom's (laughs) no best right (laughs) yeah so i was like okay whatever mom um i don't know uh i I, early on probably like i mean i knew when i was i have a i have my first handicap card that i've kept i still have it at the house and i was 13 years old and it was at the Elks and I was 13 years, years old and my handicap was one. So, <laughs> yep. I mean, I'll show you that telling, sometime yeah. too. I still have that, uh, handicap Talking card to a guy who's lowest is seven. <laughs> and <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> I, I knew like it just, I enjoyed sure. it. It, I knew it came to me. I knew that I understood how to play the game. Uh, and I, it just, it's always worked. But you mentioned playing football. A lot of our listeners and viewers might not know you were the starting quarterback for the Rochester. Oh, yeah, number 15, number 15 on the jersey, number yeah. one in the heart. Yeah, <laughs> 15 on the hat there, which yeah. we'll, we'll talk about in a little bit. I loved football. Um, Mark Miller was the coach. Steve Copeland was the core. I was, the, I was a quarterback. He was a quarterback's coach. Bob Brash uh, on the defensive side. I was a defensive back coach. Mr. Brash was, was Dave Apt was on the coaching squad. Um, I, I loved the football thing. I, and all, in all honesty, in high school, take this in the right way. I mm-hmm. probably enjoyed football more than I did golf sure. because it was this window from August the 1st until 
I don't know. We beat Tippy Valley in the sectional for the first time ever. Big day. <laughs> nice point, <laughs> but, man. Yeah, <laughs> hate the Valley Vikings. <laughs> but anyway, but when it, the two days would start at the start of August before school starts, hot. Oh. You know, my my granddad lived right down the road from here, and he has a swimming pool, and we'd have two days. I'd ride my bike in town for practice, and even though I had my license, I'd drive ride my bike in. I'd ride to my granddad's swimming pool swim for an hour go back to two a days like i loved it i loved the whole thing that the guys on the team ended up being friends of mine and none of them not a one well alfie uh, alfie bazo who yes, is yes i work with him yeah who is still in town yeah. alfie played football for a short time until he got tatered you should ask him about it i will it, now they took him out in an ambulance and i feel like it might have been at the Peru game and it was like i think when we were freshmen but he was i out. knew i knew him as a tennis player i know he played tennis so. yeah well that was the end of the that was the end of the I'm, football i'm asking him tomorrow yeah ask him because they <laughs> took him off on it they took him off on a stretcher put in an ambulance his oh, mom man. uh which we all love and too uh-huh. uh his mom i'll never forget his mom and dad were down on the field and it was just like is he gonna and he's not moving and it's just like is he gonna live he was fine i mean he had a little neck thing or I'm something definitely asking about that. Uh, that was the end of his football <laughs> yeah, career no idea but the end of my basketball career was rick fox at warsaw so i mean there's always these ends to yep. these careers and yep. that was alfie's uh which who knows he probably I, he'll be Alfie to me. For, yeah. Did he still go by AJ, Alfie? AJ. AJ. Yep. Yeah. I don't. AJ's golf spot used to be a hot a hot place yep. here in town. I remember I was very small when it was still yeah. open, but I remember a, going out there off thirty one. Yeah, that was a hot spot yep. too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like uh, with the exception of him, all those guys I spent time with in football, I I wasn't going to play another yeah. sport with them. Sure. And so I, I just loved the whole thing about Try it. Try to build some com- camaraderie. I cannot say the word. Camaraderie. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you should be hosting this. Oh, no. Uh, kind of built that with them during that season. And then that's special. Yeah, bond. it's it's great. And, and, you know, some of those guys, uh, upperclassmen, underclassmen, through the, through the years of doing it and being with those guys, some of those guys I never would have had a chance to get to yeah. know and but then all of a sudden you spend three months with them and you get to know them really well and it's like it just added to sure i think it added to me as a person i think it helped my golfing career i think the whole thing was good so and then you went on to ohio state Buckeyes. the ohio state university oh uh, no you're fine we don't have to <laughs> that's that's okay that's all right <laughs> yeah. um why ohio state well I mean, I had a, a long story, and I know we're kind of on a time frame here, but long story. So oh, no, I was, got time. <laughs> I was, I was a first team All American when I was in high school, mm-hmm. a national All American, and so I was fortunate. I was one of the top two or three ranked golfers in my class, and so I was being recruited every place. And so my brothers had both gone to Auburn, so I had to take the. I had to take the trip to Auburn. Uh, Tennessee was a very good school, and Jim Gallagher from Indiana had gone to Tennessee, so I felt like I had to take that trip. Georgia Tech was also a very good golf school at the time, and Puggy Blackman was the coach. You and Duvall could have been teammates. Yeah, Charlie <laughs> Reimer. It would have been a really messed up team there. <laughs> but uh, so I've, I, and Dad knew Puggy through all the stuff with golf, and so I've had to take that trip. Well, then Oklahoma State was the number one team in the country, and. Everybody wanted to go to Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State wanted 
me to come. So I had to take that trip. And then Ohio State had been recruiting me for a long time. So long story short, Mm -hmm. interesting story. So I go to I go to Auburn for the visit and it's during basketball season and I'm a junior in high school and I've got I'm making my decision this spring. I'm a junior in high school. I'm sitting there with the golf coach in the stands at the basketball game and it's like halfway through the first half and uh, they make the announcement over the intercom. All right, students and fans, here is the ticket for the halftime shot. So I'm sitting there. They announced the winning ticket. I'm not paying attention. I'm just taking the whole thing in. Right. And so the coach, the golf coach nudges me and he's like, Hey, get your ticket out. Oh, no. And I was like, why? I didn't, I didn't even hear what they were talking about. Right. And I was like, why? And he said, to get your ticket out. And I went like this. And he said, my gosh, they just called you. You're the halftime shot. And this is on my recruiting trip. Right. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. I do not <laughs> want to. <do this." laughs> and he's like, this is awesome. You're the halftime. Well, obviously it was set up. Right. Yeah. And so here we go go down there's like five minutes left i go down onto the floor on the edge of the floor in the corner with the golf coach then it's halftime then here comes everybody from that lake department that i'd already met but like this the students and the fans don't know that it's that it's a uh, setup yeah mm-hmm. but it's just like the people running it's all the athletic department people and i'm like i this is not good and so now i'm nervous right sure. you know how when you get oh nervous you get you get yeah. alligator arms when you yeah. get nervous right yeah. so I'm like, oh, this is going to be bad. I got the holes. Every, the whole student section is like weighted because they want to see the shot because if it's a good one, they're going to go crazy uh-huh. in the whole thing. And I go down there, get in the middle of the floor. They hand me a ball, take a couple dribbles, <laughs> a couple. And mind you, I played, I'm an yeah, Indiana you're guy. You're a good athlete. Oh, yes. you, you take me to the, to the high school right now and put me at half court. Uh-huh. I, I mean, give me six and yep. I'm going to make one. Sure. And so I am freaking, I take a couple dribbles. I give it this, I go like this and my nerves get the better of me. And I short arm it. It kind of comes off like this. And the thing barely lands past the free throw line. I bet you just want to crawl the hole. You should have heard the booze <laughs> that I mean, the entire student section <laughs> wore me oh. out and it was an incredible experience. Uh, Oklahoma state, they they wanted me to come and they, at the time they were by far the best team in the country. And they had their, the golf team had mm-hmm. a, their own private plane. They send the fricking private plane to pick me up. I fly to Stillwater, Oklahoma in a private plane, the whole thing. So, I mean, I had all these great things to answer your question. I get, there were two things. I, I go to Ohio state for my visit at Ohio state and it's football season. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I w- walk in that stadium and the love that I have for football. I walk in that stadium and it's there's a hundred thousand crazy people. We've done that walking through all the tailgate and everything, and everybody is totally into it. And I, I, I felt the energy, I saw what it was. I walked into the stadium and I will never forget. I walked in the stadium. I'm down on the field and I walk in the stadium. I, I go like this and I'm like, that's where I'm going. Yeah. It gives me goosebumps talking yeah, about it right sure. now. And you mix that with, I, I wanted to stay in the North mm-hmm. because I had seen my brothers uh, go down South, had to play practice all day, every day. 
I w- when I was at Oklahoma State, they were the national champions that year, but they had the coach took me on a Sunday morning. They had a house that all the golfers lived in. The coach put me in his car, went to the house at six o'clock on Sunday morning, knocked on the doors, yelled at everybody, told him to get up, made one guy that had to make weight for the for the trip the next week, put on a rubber suit and go run two miles. Had to make weight for golf. Oh yeah. EJ Fister, you ended up winning the he ended up winning the national championship my freshman year in Thousand wow. Oaks, California. Unbelievable. Yeah. He had to make he had to make weight. But I saw that and I'm like, okay, I like as good as they are, I want I want to have an experience. I want to have a full college experience. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you the last piece of the puzzle i'd really pretty much already made up my mind but the last piece of the puzzle we're out at mom and dad's house here in rochester and it's like whatever five o'clock in the afternoon my mom the phone rings back in the day it was just a phone on the side of the wall with a cord the phone rings in the kitchen i'm sitting in the living room watching tv the phone rings uh my mom said oh sure hold on one second and mom looks around the corner and says chris it's for you and i said who who is it and she says, Jack Nicholas. And I said, yeah, right. She <laughs> said, no, really, it's Jack Nicholas. So I said, who is this? Yeah, Grant, it's Jack Nicholas. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is Jack Nicholas. Brought in the closer. <laughs> Brought in the closer. And he, you know, he, he said, I just wanted you to know that I spent my time there. I love that place. I love that university. My son, Gary, is your age. He's going to go to Ohio State. And I feel like you guys would have a chance of having a great time and, uh, you know, having a chance to win a national championship. Mm-hmm. And I said, yes, sir. I'm, yeah, that, I'm there. That would yes, sir, it. Mr. Nicholas. I'm in. It. And you and Gary were roommates for a little yeah, bit, fresh, right? Yeah, freshman year, which he was there. I don't know. They had a house out at Muirfield. So that, that freshman athletic dorm compared to the Nicholas house yeah. out at Muirfield – it, it, it's it's yeah, a little well, better out yeah, there. Sure, he sure. would he would leave the dorm and we'd get none of our stuff and he'd leave the dorm. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna go out to mom and dad's. He's got so he's got the chef at Muirfield. Like so, he would go out to their house and spend the night out there. And as soon as he get there, he'd call to the club and he'd tell the chef, hey, what what do you got in there? Like I'm really hungry. And so he's bringing him food from the club and I'm sitting there eating stale fruit loops and <laughs> in my dorm room with a can of pineapple. Life. You're, you're living yeah. the extra cold yeah, life. With a hot pot. If yeah. I really, I put some ramen noodles in there and yeah. warmed them up if I really wanted to be fancy. Uh-huh. But then after that, he, he didn't even try to fake it anymore. And he, yeah. he went out to Muirfield. And sure. so, but I made, I, I lived with uh, the same two guys the last three years and they were great. And, uh, one of them was also our roommate the first year. And so, I mean, it was like the whole experience at yep. Ohio State was incredible. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were just talking before we recorded. I mean, Ohio State, not only, of course, the juggernaut in football, basketball team is doing pretty well right now. So oh, kinda, yeah. kinda, you got it all going on right yeah, now. There's, a, I'll tell you what, <laughs> the Ohio State has got some. And let's, let's not forget that the Buckeye golf team just signed the number one player in the country. I did not know that. Yeah. Br- nephew Brad, Todd's son Brad is the assistant coach over mm-hmm. there. They got the number one player in the country coming next year, which is a big deal. Oh, yeah. And they, uh, they're building themselves a pretty good golf team over there, too. Good. Somebody needs to take Illinois down. 
Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> Ohio state's going to take Illinois and Mike small right down the <laughs> tubes. Yeah. He's got a quite, a I mean, I feel like, there. I feel like your boy Rob over there at Purdue, yeah, like a great, good, good friend of yeah. mine, great hire, great yeah. guy. Um, Rob Bradley, great coach. Great. He, I played the, the, whatever you want to call it, corn fairy web, Nike, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Now I played that tour with him. He's, he's, got himself a good a good yeah. job over there and he's doing a good job and he he will continue to have good players good so purdue yeah purdue's in good hands yeah. don't worry about purdue no i'm not worried i'm not worried i got faith in mike bobisky athletic director yeah. so they're in good hands and uh, mitch daniels i mean hello. oh yeah i mean he's how can you not have faith in mitch yeah. daniels that was fun i was a junior when he, his first year as the president there so that was that was yeah fun. he's he a had, good american that oh, guy yeah. which I'll leave my comments out. I was going to say something political, but I'll stop. I just said American. He's That's a good, like, he's yes, a good no, American. You're fine. I was going to get myself in trouble there. So, but uh, you won 13, you had 13 amateur wins and seven of those were individual titles at, at Ohio state, including the, the 1990 big 10 championship four time, all big 10, 1988 freshman of the year, 1990 player of the year, honorable mention, all American 1990 first team in 91 all American along with Phil Mickelson. David yeah. Duvall, was Justin Leonard, one of those. Uh, was second team? Justin was second team. Okay. We had, uh, let's see if I, Kevin Wentworth, Sean McKeel of Indiana yep. fame and PGA yep. champion. So we had me, uh, Phil, David, uh, uh, Sean McKeel, Kevin Wentworth from Oklahoma state, Christian Penna from Arizona, Warren Scuda from UNLV who won the national championship that year. And the last one, I'm not going to be able to come up with. That's, that's, that's pretty good, though. Enough. That's enough. Yeah, I only that's had a couple good. marked down, so that's, yeah. that's good. Right off the top I'll of go head. home and look at the plaque, and I'll text you. He didn't know that was coming, people. I, mean, I did not know that was of, coming. Top of his head. If you're listening to this, you need to go check out the video. All this, when I talk golf, it's not like I'm an old man. You get me away from golf, I don't remember anything. But golf, <laughs> I can remember. That's, that's a good thing, though. <laughs> yeah. And you became a member of the Ohio State Hall of Fame in 2000. I did. I did not know that until – just recently. I That's did. That's pretty cool. You know, uh, so there's a good story that goes with mm-hmm. that. Uh, I went in with Keith Byers, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's at a football game and it's Keith Byers, Chris Spielman, me, a, a guy from the diving team, a guy from the swim team, a girl from like the ladies lacrosse team or something. So we're down on Cameron is a, a little three-year-old. Mm-hmm. Abigail's seven. Beth is there. All our families are there. They have a big ceremony the night before. Then we go to the football game and they take us down in the middle of the field at the football game and they introduce us and hundred thousand people. Mm -hmm. So I get down there and like, it's cool. Right. And I'm down in the middle of the field and it's like, I am, I'm bleeding some scarlet and gray Uh right now. Right. So they have us lined up at like, five yard intervals. And so the one before me was, I don't know why in the world they put me between buyers and Spielman, but <laughs> the one before me is buyers. Uh-huh. And it's just like, and the, the, the other ones, to be fair, the other ones were like me, which I mean, the fans were very appreciative, sure. but it's different yeah. at a football game. Yeah, sure. So buyers, which he's great. And, and I knew Chris Spielman, I've known the whole time, but so we, we and I'm sitting down there and it's cool. And Byers gets a like he gets a pretty loud Growing ovation, yeah. And freaking then 
it comes to me and it's not anywhere near buyers, but it's pretty good. Yeah. Like I'm, you're happy. I'm happy. You're I'm, happy, happy. It. I'm happy. It's <laughs> like, yeah, that's right. Well, then it, they introduced Spielman, and I'm telling you, the place you could hear, you could hear that that yell in Toledo, like it went crazy. And sure. so I, all of a sudden, I was just like, yeah, <laughs> darn it, yeah. And so I go back up the stands. I'm like, hey, was my chair good? And they're like, yeah. It was <laughs> that's awesome, yeah though. that was 2000 yeah uh, very incredibly proud of that sure absolutely i mean just think of all the great athletes ohio state yeah it's fun it's, in there it's forever yeah it's i don't cool. know i don't know if i deserve it but i'm proud oh, of it. oh sure you do i mean look the accolades i just read off sure you do. i don't know if i do sure. or not but but and then you had 14 professional wins um you became the first golfer on the nike tour then now it's the corn ferry uh to make it to the pga tour via the Battlefield promotion. So that means three wins in one season. That is true. That was uh, 97. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'd gotten my card in 96. And as is the case, especially back then, uh, still pretty much the case now, but back then it was almost a given. Uh, I lost my card and didn't have anywhere to play in 97. And so I started, I get a sponsor exemption in the first nike event 97 i top 25 get in the next event i top 25 get in the next event then it turns into a reshuffle situation so then all of a sudden i have status so long story short i kind of get a little hot i start playing some good golf i win one have a couple of good weeks then i win another one and they had just that year was the first year that they had come up with this battlefield because mm -hmm. it had been a thing before like they're trying to figure out ways to make the tour more valuable and, and, you know, more uh, sellable to sponsors and sure. stuff like that. Makes so sense. you, if you create this thing where a guy can do something, which there hadn't been, I don't believe, and you, all you people can fact check me, but I don't think anybody had won three in one year before that. No, you were the yeah, first one. So uh, they wanted to make it more intriguing, enticing, whatever. So here I am, uh, now step back in time, you're in, it's 1997. And at the time there were no cell phones, right? Mm -hmm. There were th these things called bag phones. So <laughs> ask your dad. Yeah, ask your dad. I've, I've never heard that term before. You've never heard of a, a bag, bag phone? phone? No. Okay. A well, car phone. Yes, but not. Here's what a bag phone was. It was better than the car phone okay. because the bag phone was in a leather bag and you could plug it into your, your cigarette lighter. Uh -huh. And you could put it in your car. And then if you really needed to, you could then like take it into the house and plug it into the wall and okay. use it there too as a mobile car All phone. Right. All right. Not a mobile phone. Mobile car phone. It was a mobile car <laughs> phone. And it was like if you were not in your if you not if you were not within like one mile of your house. Good luck. They're no, you could get service, oh. but you're on this thing roaming. called roaming. Yeah. And instead of it being cheap at $2 a minute, when you got into roaming, it turned into like $8 oh, a geez. minute. And, you know, I had, I had no business having one of these, but I was driving this tour. Yeah. And so I had one of these phones and it was one of those deals using emergencies. If I get broken down or whatever, which if you get broken down in a country with the old bag phone in 1997, it ain't any, you ain't, you ain't, you don't have the chance to spend $10 a minute because it ain't getting reception. But if you get in a bad spot in, in some city or something. So anyway, I had one of these set in my car and never used it because I didn't, I didn't have any money. Mm -hmm. And it was like, literally it would, 
it would be like $4 a minute. Mm -hmm. So I, I win this third tournament in Omaha and I've been listening to the Kool-Aid that the tours sending out the whole time. And so I'm like, (laughs) I am next week. I mean, I got to figure, I'm looking, trying to figure out where the next tour event is because obviously immediate to the tour. So that I, I put in on 18, I won by 11. I put in on 18. The, the commissioner of that tour comes up to me and he goes, hey, I'd really appreciate it if you just don't say very much about when you're going to play again because we don't really know when you're going to play again. And I said, yeah, okay, whatever. So I go sign my scorecard and I do all the press. I'm like, I, don't know, I just got to like, I'm going to soak this in for a little while. I don't know when I'm going to play again. I followed like, I followed the company line, right? And, the whole thing. And so we get done, everything settles down. I've got my car out there in Omaha, Nebraska. And all I want to do is get home and living in Peru at the time. And all I want to do is get home. Mm -hmm. So I go to, I sleep in Omaha that night. I get up the next morning and I have no idea when I'm going to play again, but I've already gotten golf week, sports illustrated golf digest. They've all already reached out to my agent. They all want to do, they all want to come to Peru and do a story. So I've got to figure out, when I'm going to play again. So I get like, I get two hours into the drive on Monday morning at 10 o'clock and my bag phone rings. And I, <laughs> I am like, this is not good because I can't afford to answer this. Yeah, but but I need to. <laughs> who has this number? Like there ain't nobody. Yeah. The only person that could be calling is Beth. And it's, and she's calling me because we've got a problem. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right. And I kind of went like this and I picked the back phone up <laughs> and said hello. And it was Commissioner Fincham. And he said, hey, Chris. And I said, hey, Tim, how are you? And good, good. He said, hey, uh, great plan. Uh, really proud of you. Um, you played great this year. It's whatever it was. I think it was in July. It's only July. You got the battlefield. Welcome back to the PJ tour. Cause I'd played the, and I knew Tim and Tim is mm-hmm. great. Like Tim is a commissioner's or a player's commissioner. He's great. Um, but anyway, we talked for a few minutes and he goes, so uh, we did not honestly expect this to happen. So <laughs> we, it's <laughs> true story. You can't make this up. No. We did not expect this to happen. Uh, we do not really know where you fit in on priority of getting into tournaments. So I know that you've gotten a lot of requests. I know you're going to do a lot of stories this week. You're going to be doing a lot of interviews. And until we get back to you, we'd appreciate if you just could go with, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to enjoy this for a little while and play when I'm not really sure when I'm going to play. I'm not really sure when I'm going to get in and whatever. And I, the funny thing about the call is, which it was no big deal to me. I mean, it, it, it caught him off guard and, it ended up, I ended up playing in, ended up qualifying for the U.S. Open. So I'd already played the U.S. Open that year. And I played, I think, four other tour events. One of them, I think I finished third in one of them. I ended up finishing like 151st on the money list that year with five tournaments. I was, I played really good. Yeah, I was going to say, that's really good. But it's the funny thing about it was I didn't really care. I was super happy. I just wanted to come home and celebrate yeah. and whatever. But when I got off the phone... I remember saying, Hey, thanks, Tim. If you know, let me know, whatever. And I wasn't upset about her all. The, the only thing I remember, like he kept talking, right? And I was like, 
I got to get him off of the phone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm spending $7 a minute right now. I've got to get my man off the phone, but it's the commissioner, right? Yeah. So you can't do He's that. And so I remember like when I, I remember trying to push him into like being done with the conversation, then it was like, all right. Yeah. Thanks Tim. Just let me know and call my home phone and hit end and put it down. I mean, I ended up talking to him for like 20 minutes, but nice little, nice little phone bill. It was a nice little phone bill, but it, the funny part about it was like the whole thing. There's like a lot of different pieces of that, that were like an interesting experience in my life. Sure. I mean, that's something you're always going to remember. I'll never right? forget it. Yeah. Big, uh, baby blue crown Victoria. I was driving home from, what a story. from Omaha what a story. with a bag. Love it. <laughs> so at this, let's fast forward a little bit. Uh, June 9th, 2002. So you've been on tour a couple of years now. You're leading the Buick Classic in Harrison, New York. Yeah. What day is June 9th? Sunday. Oh, that's Sunday. So what were your thoughts going into the par 5 18th that day? Well. Or if you want to yeah, talk no. any more detail before that moment. No, but, no, no. I mean, I'll talk whatever yeah. you want. So, uh, so the whole day was a, the whole day was a roller. I was out there by myself. Um, I get in, I'm at the hotel. I'm obviously nervous. I'm teeing off at whatever noon, mm-hmm. one o'clock, nine 30 in the morning. I'm nervous. I'm sitting in my hotel room and there's a knock on the door and I'm like, Who's this? <laughs> so open the door and Beth. Oh, that's great. Yeah, Beth was in Toledo with the kids and her mom. And when I was leading after Saturday, she got on an airplane at six o'clock in Toledo. Didn't tell me. Nobody told me. Good. And <laughs> it was a good, that was a good program because yes. that kind of got me sidetracked. But throughout the day, the whole round was kind of, you know, I was. I was playing really well and I was really in control of what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Now the emotions of I'd been close before, but the emotions of closing the deal on something I, you know, I told you I was five years old and I was on the little car path yeah. to the right of number nine green at the Elks dreaming of that moment. So the emotion of that was the hard part to contain. I hit a, I, I hit a, the wrong club on 16 of par three left it short of the green, hit an incredible chip, uh, fighting my nerves, hit a great chip, tapped it in for par 17's a par four. You got to get the drive in the fairway. I flare my drive out on 17 into the bunker underneath the lip. I've got 155 yards underneath the lip, no shot. The pins tucked behind the bunker and I hit the, not the best shot of my life, but in the circumstances, the best shot that I've ever hit. And I hit this beautiful thing up there. It gets, it covers the lip. I hit it solid. It's towering. It's high. It lands 20 feet right of the hole. Perfect. Two putt it. Pat Perez, three putts. Next thing I'm playing with Lauren Roberts. Pat Perez is in the group in front. He three putts makes a bogey. I hit it on the green two putt make par. Lauren was Lauren knew that he was not going to beat me that day. Like he knew which I mean, he would probably never admit this, but I knew that he knew mm-hmm. like on the seventh hole that he didn't, he was, he didn't have it. He was he not going to beat me that, that day. Yeah. So he was fighting and he ended up finishing tied second. So he was fighting for that. So he was, so next thing you know, I get on 18 T and it's a sharp dog leg left par five at Westchester. And my caddy is like Patrick Cantlay's caddy. Now we mm-hmm. all know Revy at this point, but, um, and he's one of, he was my college 
friend at Ohio State. So, I mean, he and I was his first bag. So he had at this point, he had never won. Yeah. And so it's like my driver's my best club. It's a very reachable par five. I hit a nice drive down the right side. You got to stay off of the left trees because if you're in the left trees, you can make a triple. So I hit a nice drive down the right side. It just gets into the first cut of rough about this far. And I'm, I'm sitting there. I've got like 225 to the pin and the pins kind of tucked in the back. Right. And there's bunkers and there's grandstands and there's clubhouse. <laughs> and I've got a two shot lead. And I looked at Revy and I'm like, what, what, what do you think it is? And he's like, it's a layup. This yeah, is yeah, a, this yeah. is a nine iron. I don't know what you're talking about. And I said, we're not in nine iron. He said, we're in nine. And I, I said, I'm not like, I get in my five wood, which back in the day, you know, I had a five wood at that mm -hmm. tournament because the rough was long and you had to hit a high, the greens were small. And so I'm like, it's a perfect five wood. And he's like, uh, -uh. and I said, okay, I'll, how about seven iron? And he said, okay, that's fine. I said, well, just tell me, I want to be like a hundred, hundred to 110 yards. Cause I wanted to have that, not a lob wedge, but I wanted to have that nice solid gap wedge length. And he, so he talked me into seven iron. I, hit the seven iron. I remember as clear as day walking up to that shot and I'm fighting all these emotions. I can feel myself starting to oh, cry. Sure. And I'm like, you've got a lot of golf left. Like this is, this is not over. And so I'm like, I'm fighting it. Revy's trying to be nice and funny and talking or whatever. We get up to my ball, the pins on the back, right? I've got the perfect number for like the full gap wedge. And I lay the sod over it. I get steep on it. I'm nervous. I get fast. I get steep. I get like this. The thing comes off left. I dig the heel and it lands like in the front half of the left side of the green. It starts spinning back. And so now I've got like a, which was fine. Yeah. I've got a two shot lead. Even if Lauren, I've got two shots on Lauren. And even if Lauren makes birdie, if I two, but I still win. So mm -hmm. I just need it. And Lauren couldn't get there in two. So Lo Lauren did go at the green, but he left it short. He's in the rough. He's got a tough pitch, short-sided. He hits a terrible pitch. But um, so it was fine. But I, now I'm walking up to the green. I'm like, ooh, like now I'm back. It's Now instead now of just kind of feeling it here, I'm feeling it in my mm -hmm. hands and my arms. I'm feeling it in everything. So I get over that. It's a long putt left to right or a little bit uphill. You got to go down through a thing back up. It's on the tier. I've got a 45-footer. And I almost made the thing like <laughs> something took over and I almost made the thing and I hit a, I hit a good putt and it didn't go in and it, and I, I, which my mom has this picture at the house. I've got my hands up like this and it's just like, Oh my gosh. And then I've got like, so Lauren putts out and I've got like this far left and I'm standing looking at, it, I'm thinking I've got two putts. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah just hit it soft yeah just hit this thing soft and but i did not hit it soft like i get over <laughs> it and i hit it way too hard and i got a little i just got a little of the nerve thing and i pulled it just a little bit and the thing went in the left half of the hole and if it wouldn't have if it wouldn't have hit the left half of the hole i would have i mean i i very easily would have had a six footer coming back and i had a putt from this far well but it went in then i then i gave it this yep. and uh it was, uh, it was, it was, you know, we talked about the state high school, which mm -hmm. means as much to me as anything in my life. Sure. Uh, I had never like my brothers didn't win a tour event. Mm -hmm. So it was a whole new, like, it wasn't, it wasn't for me. It wasn't like, Oh, okay. I did this. Let's get over this. What am I doing next? It was like, Oh my gosh. I just like every. Every 
everything you worked hundred thousand hours that I spent at the Rochester Elks mm-hmm. came to this paid off. And it was, it, it was incredible. I, I presume that's your most proud accomplishment on the golf course. Is that fair to say? Probably not. No. <laughs> what would be? Uh, as a, as a whole, I am much more proud of my accomplishments in Indiana. Okay. Um, I am two state juniors, a high mm-hmm. school and an amateur, mm-hmm. uh, in Indiana. I'm more proud of that. The one win that I'm probably the most proud of is the Indiana state amateur. Interesting. Now they're different. You know, oh, you got sure. it. You got to categorize them, uh-huh. but in the simplest of answers, mm-hmm. my Indiana stuff is more important to me than my professional yeah. stuff. It goes back to your roots. And to be fair, if you really, if we really wanted to push it further, like phase two would probably be the stuff I did at Ohio state, state. Mm-hmm. because that stuff is, that stuff is, uh, it's just deeper in my soul. Makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. I was looking at the leaderboard from this tournament back in 2002 and there's some really notable names on this top 10 list. That I, 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 okay. I know where you're going with this. This is the same question I get every time to tiger play. I wasn't going to ask that. He's the only one of the so twenty nine of the top thirty in the world played that event. And he was the one who didn't. <laughs> he was and the he one was that didn't. Sponsored by Buick. Yeah, and he was sponsored by Buick. But the the next week was U.S. Open at Bethpage. Okay. And so the other twenty nine of the top thirty played at played at Westchester to play in New York and to keep playing mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And Tiger took the week off and went to Bethpage. He was scared. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's what it was. <laughs> Can you tell me some of the other names that finished in the top 10 that day or that weekend? Oh, yeah. You got uh, David Gossett. You got Pat Perez. Mm-hmm. You got Lauren Roberts. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Jerry Kelly was top yes, 10. Yes, he was. It was Jerry Kelly top mm-hmm. 10. I know he played well. Yep. Um, I know that Phil was not top 10. Nope. Um, Ernie Els was not top 10. Uh, how many of the top 10 do I have? Was David Toms? David Toms was not. I only got four uh, more names down. I, I am missing somebody. You named one of the ones I didn't have down. Stuart Sink. Stuart Sink was. Yeah. I remember him. Uh, are they people that I would remember? Oh, I wrote these down cause they were notable to me. So I, I figured. So I've figured got, so down. I've got Stewie. I've got Jerry Kelly, Perez, Gossett, Roberts, Roberts, and me. So I have six of the top ten. And I only have three more left. So I'm forgetting. Can you give me a? Can you give me initial of the last name? L. Steve Elkington. Nope. Oh, L. L. Not E. No, L. Yep. Uh, Tom Lehman. Tom Lehman. Was he a top tenner? Yes, he was. It's so funny. I was just talking about the 1998. Pebble Beach because they're playing Pebble Beach this week. 1998 Pebble Beach. I I T nine. You know who I T nine with? Tom Lehman and Tom Watson. Oh, uh, two Toms. Two, <laughs> two really Toms, good Toms. Two Toms. So we got Lehman. So now we're at seven. I'll, I'll give you an initial again on the last name here. A. Stuart Appleby. Nope. Um. What's the first name start with? S. S A, mm-hmm. and it's not Appleby. 
Oh, this is awful. See, now I'm starting to feel old, but my memory is good with golf. I don't know. Stephen Ames. Oh, my gosh. And then. Players Championship champion, Stephen Ames. This one. Crazy Stephen Ames. Last name's F. Uh, is he my age or younger? I think he's right around your age, I think. That's off the top of my head. Fred Funk? He's older than me. Yes, Thank you is. for saying he's not my age because <laughs> yes. he's a lot older than me. I think this guy is now eligible to play on the senior tour, I think. And his last name starts with F? Mm -hmm. He's a major champion. Major champion? Mm -hmm. um, uh, did he win the Masters? Nope. Should have oh. one year. Could have one year. That's not who I was thinking of. The U.S. Open Trevor Oman is who I was thinking of. That's not an F. He said a U.S. Open champ. Uh, would have been one of the one of the most unique swings in golf. Oh, Jim Furyk. Yeah, yeah. he's <laughs> Furyk. He was tied. Multi he, U.S. Open champion. Yes, he and Layman and a couple other guys tied towards the back, kind of the back end of the top ten. Yeah. Nope. It's a like I'm I'm. There, I've got two things going here. I'm impressed that I named as many as I did, uh, but I'm sad I couldn't come up with those I, names. I was impressed. I'm, yeah. I mean, I didn't give you any prep, no study. No, no top, study. Top but I do have that. I do, as you know, I do have that scoreboard hanging yes. in my house. Yes. So it's really cool. In case you haven't noticed, I probably I don't get past that Chris Smith champion one very I often. Neither. I don't, I don't I get neither. down into the top tens. Yeah. Well, just such a neat accomplishment to look to hear your story looking back on it's amazing. The best thing about that, which I don't know how much time we have, but the oh, best thing about that. The best thing about that whole story is so I win, right? And now we're in uh, Rye, New York, just outside of Harris, Harrison. Harrison, yeah. And But the golf course is in Rye. There's nothing there. My caddy, Revy, his dad is living in Manhattan at the time. And I got to do all this media stuff. And there's at Westchester, there's a huge old hotel at Westchester on property. Mm -hmm. And it's where, like in the 30s, uh, the people from the the – elite from new york city would come up on the weekends to westchester country club and they would stay in this hotel and it was like it's all old architecture vintage un unbelievable place and it's all right on property right there but other than that there's like it's a little right new york is a little village so i win i drink one beer you I remember go, what the beer was Actually, I think it was a Bud Light, okay. which is really sad. No, no nothing wrong but with that. The only reason I drank the beer, to be honest, Beth was there with me. She'd mm -hmm. had a long day. The only reason I drank the beer was because it's a tradition. My, my picture is still hanging in the men's grill at Westchester Country Club. And every time, every year, the winner, when they're done with their media deal, the men members sit in the men's grill and wait for the winner to come in. And he comes in and has a beer with them. Okay. And so I did that. And I went and cleaned out my locker, paid the locker room guys, finally get back down. They had gotten me a hotel, Beth and I, a hotel room at, at the hotel on the property. But now it's time. It's time to party. Oh, sure. Like I am ready to party. I'm starving. I'm ready to party. So we get in, we get in the courtesy car. We've got myself and Beth and my caddy and his girlfriend and another friend of mine that lives in New York and his wife. There's like eight of us. Revy's dad. There's like eight of us and we go to like the four places that we knew and in the within reasonable mm -hmm. distance and they're all closed. Oh, of course. So now I, now I've had the one beer with the men that was three hours earlier. They're closed. They're all like, Hey, we're going into the city. Let's go into the city. 
I looked at Beth and I was like, mm, I don't like it's already at this point. It's whatever, 1030. Mm-hmm. So we decide just to go back to the hotel. And I'm like, you know what? We'll go back to the hotel. I'll get room service. We'll get a bunch of champagne, mm-hmm. beers, booze, room service. We don't, we aren't flying out till noon the next day. It's all good. I'm not playing the U S open the next week. Everything's good. We're going to go back to the hotel. Have fun. So I pull back in <laughs> the front of the hotel. I walk in the hotel. There's like, it's been a long week for the property. Right. So they've sent everybody home and now they've got like a 20 year old dude that's <laughs> manning the, the, the counter at the hotel and the hotel's empty because Uh-oh. it's been capacity the whole time. The hotel's empty. I walked in and I said, Hey, reservation. Okay. What's your name? Chris Smith. Oh yeah. I see you here. Gives me the key. He's like, Oh, you, you got a nice room. I said, <laughs> yeah, thanks. And I had no idea. Like the tournament got me uh-huh. the room. Right. And I said, Hey, um, we, we haven't had anything to eat. We're really hungry. And I really need some beers and maybe a bottle or two of champagne. Could you help me out with that? And you know what? You know what the guy said? Not available now. The guy said, uh, I'm sorry. We had like this really big golf tournament here this weekend and everybody's gone home and the bar is closed and the restaurant is closed. I'm sorry. And (laughs) he had no idea that I just wanted, I didn't, I said, okay, that's fine. Like I understand that's good. And didn't tell him anything. I went back to the car. I got our suitcase back out of the car. I freaking Beth and I went up to the room. So I go to the room and I'm like, I'm starving. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, Domino's. I finally find a Domino's at a deliver. And so I get a Domino's pizza with a two liter of Diet Coke. It's this big suite with like a living room and you go through the hallway and there's a bedroom back here. And so Beth has had a super long day. She goes back to shower. She gets back in you know, goes to lays on the bench. She said, wake me up when the pizza get there. So I go out to the living room. I'm sitting there and I'm like, all I want to do is watch ESPN. Right. I want to watch the because yeah. back then ESPN played sports center over and over and over yeah. again. So I sat there, waited for the pizza, to get there. The pizza came. I was watching ESPN over and over to watch the golf tournament highlights. I, the pizza comes, I go back. Beth is out to sleep under the covers, never had a drop of alcohol. And I went back in the living room and I sat out there until four o'clock in the morning because I couldn't sleep. I ate the entire pizza myself. I got all but about that much of the Diet Coke down of the two liter of Diet Coke. Never slept a wink that night. Went back, laid down for about an hour, got up, took a shower and started my day the next day. No celebration whatsoever. Incredible. Incredible story. True story. That is 100 percent true. Did you get to see it on SportsCenter? I did. Oh yeah. Okay. I knew I got to the See, point where I was going. I thought you were going to say you got up, went to get the pizza and you missed it. That's where I thought it oh, was no. going. <laughs> I saw it so many times. I got to the point that I knew exactly when it was coming. So I didn't pay attention. You know, I would, yeah, I was yeah. sitting on the couch going like this thing about the day and oh my gosh, I'm a tour winner. And then when I knew that the story leading up to it, I, then I'd start paying attention. I watch again. I mean, it played like five times through the night. I never went to bed. You know, I've never seen that round. I got it on DVD. You yes. should come on over. I, 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 I need to someday because I know my dad talks about it. My dad's one of the biggest fans of yours I know. Even to this Well, it's day. a very mutual thing. I'm pretty impressed with your dad. <laughs> well, he'll appreciate that. But I've seen him pace during Purdue games on TV. Guarantee you he was pacing when you're on whole 18 that day. Oh, I'm I have to ask my mom. I guarantee it. I'd put... A lot of money on it. I could see it. And you talk, you know, you, you and I talk about it. I'm so impressed with your golf knowledge or sports knowledge. 
your dad is he's hard to touch he's another level it, the present day i can give him a good run but if it's like the older stuff like especially before i was born i, I can't touch him oh i can't blame you for and that's that. the nicest thing i'll say about him because i don't i don't give him a lot of compliments <laughs> when it comes to sports knowledge because he's probably not even like, watching this anyway does oh, he even watch yours oh, he'll, he watches he critiques <laughs> yes yes i'm kidding oh yes he critiques but um so then then you've you've played on the tour up until recently and you were on the senior tour um two years ago and you got to start the u.s senior open up at the warren course in notre dame yeah you, t- you talked earlier about which this isn't nearly as fun as stories but you talked earlier about my greatest accomplishment mm-hmm. in golf i would for sure one of the top seven or eight things i'd put in my life in golf happened at that uh u.s senior open at at Notre Dame in 19. Uh, I was the only Indiana player playing. Yep. Um, I had history with the tour and with the USGA and the US Opens, and I'd always uh, let the USGA know that I appreciated them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to really enjoy the US Open until they kind of lost their mind at Shinnecock. Um, but he played in five of them. For we had, didn't know that. We had a good relationship. I knew them all. I played in a bunch of U.S. juniors, U.S. amateurs, uh, U.S. opens, made the progression through everything, made friends, played fairly well in all the U.S. opens. Um, so now we get to Indiana, and it's I'm the only Indiana resident that's in the field. And so they came to me on Tuesday right before the tee times came out, and they said, hey, we just wanted you to know that um, – you're the one that's going to be starting the tournament. And I said, well, like, did you take me out of the field? Am I like pulling the Jack Nicholas Gary player honorary <laughs> shot on the first hole? <laughs> and they're like, no, you're going to be, you're going to be the first group off of the first hole. And you're going to hit the first shot. You're going to have the honor in the group. And we thought it would mean a lot to you. And it like, it, it was an unbelievable honor. Mm-hmm. And it meant, so much more to me than they'll ever know. I wrote them all notes and, you know, thanked them for it. And it meant more to me than they will ever know. But I will tell you, uh, of all the golf I ever played, that shot was the most nervous that I ever really? was. And that was just, I mean, it was a meaningless old man tournament uh, in my own home state surrounded by people that didn't care if I had a good shot or not, mm-hmm. but the, I had to back off. I'm like, we get on the tee and my caddy Aaron is standing there and I'm like, I'm wanting to tee my ball up. I want to get this thing over with. And I like started to step into my shot and get over my ball. They had introduced me and I like, I, I could feel myself starting to cry. And I was like, Oh, you're going to whiff. Do not whiff. <laughs> not whip and so i backed off and i and i grabbed the towel and i started over start my routine over then when i got in the second time i was like okay i know what's going on it's gonna be set foot set foot grab club swing mm-hmm. and i hit my i mean i should hit my hybrid 255 and i hit a little flare out there about 217 that barely covered the creek <laughs> on the first hole on the right in the rough and it was like one of the greatest shots I've ever hit because I didn't whiff it. I didn't yeah, like, contact. I didn't shank it. I didn't hit it into the Creek. I didn't do anything. I made contact, but it was an incredible honor. So that's by far, um, 
been the thing that I've been the most proud yeah. of with my golf for the last several years. Yeah, that's such, such a cool story, such a cool honor, like you said. And I remember all the news channels up here giving you some coverage. Yeah. Pretty neat time. Yeah, it was a it was something that I was incredibly appreciative of. I mentioned you played in five U.S. Opens. I should mention you played in two Open Championships, which I still call the British Open. Go ahead. Always I do well. too. Uh, two PGA Championships, four Players Championships. One thing my dad wanted me to make sure that I shared was <laughs> he remembered waking up early one year to watch mm, the Open. True story. 2002. Turned, not one year. That was in 2002, baby. He turns on the TV at Christmas. At the top of the leaderboard. Oh, yeah. I'll never forget it either because we're playing the, you know, they start the broadcast over here at like five in the morning. Uh -huh. And so it's like I was, I teed off at noon. So it's not like it was like there were a lot of players sure. out, but you also play that you, you play until nine o'clock at night over there. So we get the, the first time at Muirfield, the first, it's like the fourth or fifth hole. I get off to a good start. Like, I think it's the fifth hole. I think I like maybe birdie three of the first four. And the and the boards over at the British Open are all manual, oh, and they're awesome. big. <laughs> yeah, and so the and you and you got this. There's a dogleg left par five, and I'm off to a good start and having a great time. It's my first British Open. It's my dream to play in that tournament. Having a great time, making some birdies. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> and we get around, we get around the corner, and there's a big dune. We get around the corner, and there's the first board. And. I looked at the board and by now we do have cell phones, right? Yeah. So I look at the board and I, and I grab Revy's arm and I said, mm. and he's, he knew exactly what I was thinking. He's like, don't do it. Yeah. I wanted to take my phone out sure, and, and take, take a, picture. a picture because right there I am. I'm on, like, I am leading the British open and I'm like, okay, okay. And I ended up playing pretty good, but Beth did the same thing because Beth was at home. She wasn't over there with me. She was at home and she woke up, she set her alarm, gets up at five o'clock or whatever time it comes mm -hmm. on, 530. And it comes on. And the first thing they do is, and welcome to the British Open, American Chris Smith leading early through the first round. And she was freaking out oh, too. Sure. Now, I did get a little bit of a break with the draw there. Uh, if you remember, which you probably don't remember that tournament. Um, but it got really, really bad on Saturday. And so I'm playing pretty good made the cut playing pretty good uh have a really good saturday and then when we were on like 16 17 was a par five we were on, the day before i had driver four iron on the green on because you know it's so hard and you mm -hmm. chase it and run it i had driver four iron on the green on 17 well this the storm comes in and when i say a storm i'm not talking about like a rochester and a storm i'm talking it's a british open storm and all of a sudden it's blowing 45 it's raining sideways we get, you don't have your umbrella out because it's raining so it's hard. You can't have now. an umbrella out. You got your rain suit on. You're hiding behind like your caddy and doing this stuff. Well, 17 on Saturday in this storm, I had driver, driver, seven iron. <laughs> and the day before I had hit driver, four iron on the green. That's incredible. But I got it up on the green, made par, get done. I, I had a nice round on Saturday. I get done on, on Saturday and I'm like in 16th place. And it's just like, I'm going to win this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to win this son of a gun tomorrow. Well, I shot like 78 on Sunday and I dropped to whatever 45th or whatever I did. But I, I was sitting there and I was playing really good at the time. And I was really confident. I was sitting there and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to contend because I just won like four weeks before mm -hmm. that. And I'm like, I'm going to contend in this tournament. And it was something that, uh, I, w I don't want to say nerves. I want to say uh, 
just life dream, life image, life thought of being contending at the British Open. Uh, it was a lot for me to handle that day. Oh, it'd be a lot for anybody to handle, I would think. It was a lot for me to handle yeah. that day. But I was proud of myself. I went back the next year. I played good again the next year, made the cut the next year. So, so you like Lynx golf. Love it. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. Take that's, me. I mean, that's on a bucket list of mine to go, yeah. go play some weeks golf. If, if you if you looked at me and said, "Hey, I got a really nice little cottage for you over there in Scotland. You can live the rest of your life in Scotland and drink their beer and play their Sign golf." Sign you up. I'm like, find somebody to buy my house because I'm in. <laughs> got a few more questions for you, Chris. Then we'll let you go. I really appreciate you taking the time to come up and do this interview with me. Um, I asked some people for some questions. Just this and a is lot scary. Of, a lot of them wanted to know you had any good stories or what it was like to play with Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods? Um, I would say in a quick answer on mm -hmm. that, uh, I would say that both of them are um, not, not what you think they are. Um, that's not fair. I feel kind of is what you think he is. Uh, Phil is uh Phil has done some very nice things with, with what I went through in my life. Uh, after that, Phil did a few things for me, which, I mean, we go back to college golf. I've known Phil for a mm -hmm. long time, but we, uh, he did some really nice things for me that he didn't, he made sure that he did them when nobody was around. Gotcha. And we played, we played the last round together in 2015 at Phoenix. And uh, he waited till our score was gone till the rules guy was gone out of the trailer scoring on Sunday. And he did something. He gave me some information that uh, he wanted to make sure he was not doing it because he wanted somebody to say, Oh, that Phil, he's a nice guy. I mean, he, he, he just genuinely wanted to, genuinely wanted to help me with my golf game. Yeah. And That's he awesome. didn't want anybody. He didn't want any, he so, wanted publicity for it. No, no. Um, so, uh, any, when you, when, the one thing I will say about both of them is when you play with them, you, everything kind of goes from this to this and you can, you can guarantee that you're going to play better because you are going to be, you're going to be Dialed locked in. in. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you're struggling with your game, you're still going to be locked in enough that you can manage a score. And if you're playing good, you're going to be locked in uh, to the point that you're going to play really mm -hmm. good. Uh, unfortunately, like I played, I don't know. I, I played with Phil enough that I don't know. I'm guessing the first two rounds of tournaments, I was probably paired with tiger five times. Okay. I'm guessing. Um, two of the five, one of them was at the Memorial and one of them was in Chicago. And it seems like a good thing, but then you have all the people from home that want to come watch because, Oh, you're playing with tiger woods. Yeah. And so, you know, at the Memorial one, whatever year it was, Oh three, I think, uh, I get paired with him on Thursday and Friday. It's me, him and Ernie Els, I believe. And it's just like, everybody's so excited. Everybody's calling me. And so the, you know, the it's Ohio State land. So I go mm -hmm. in there and I say, I need like 80 tickets. And they're like, okay, we'll get you 80 mm -hmm. tickets. So I get them dispersed to everybody. Well, they all come. Well, there were only three people that came on Friday. And that was Beth and my two parents. 
because you can't, there's 25,000 people coming uh, with us yeah. and you can't see it. Like everybody that came to watch me mm -hmm. said, Oh, we'll be back on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And it, that part of it, being a spectator and watching Tiger Woods, I've never done it, but it's gotta be awful. Being, it a, is. being a player and being on the inside. Uh, it's, uh, I was going to say it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. It's not fantastic because it's much easier to not have all the movement, not have the TV cameras, not have like all the stuff. Sure. But if you're, if you're a competitor and you're an athlete and you're Rains in the, you're in the arena, then there you, you want tiger yeah. because you want the excitement, the adrenaline and the fun when you get paired with tiger. So I don't know, let's say it was five times. That's 10 rounds on Thursday and Friday. I was paired with him on some weekends too, but like the Thursday and Friday thing is different because you know, you're locked in for two days. Yep. So it's just like, it's, it, it's like, it's like the difference between a mini marathon and running a full marathon. If you know you're locked in on Thursday and Friday, you've got to like, you have to be ready. When you find out on Tuesday, you start mentally preparing so that you're ready for Thursday and Friday. So those 10 rounds, say it's five times on Thursdays and Friday, those 10 rounds, as I look back, were both some of the most difficult rounds that I played on tour. And they also were some of the uh, absolute best rounds I played on tour. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. I mean, I, I know I've only seen Tiger play you know, two or three times in person. He's not that good. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of times at the Memorial, which is my favorite tournament I've ever been to love going over there. Jack does it upright. And then when, uh, when I went with my parents to watch you up at Warwick Hills in 05, Tiger actually shot his, he tied his career low that day, 61. And so I did want to see him play a little bit. So my mom and I ventured off. We had to get three holes ahead yeah. of the Holy Dawn just to get a decent spot. And it was a par three. I got to see him hit the tee shot. That was pretty much it. Yeah. You, I mean, you, it was, you got to camp out, wait for him to come, and then try to survive yep. the mass hysteria that is there for three minutes, and then it's yep. gone. Yep. It's yep. unbelievable. But, um, who's the nicest guy, in your opinion, who's the nice guy on the PGA Tour? Current or all, all time? Either or. Let's do one current, one all time. Yeah, I'm assuming they're not the same guy. Um, the the two guys that I uh, there's probably like I have a I have a Cameron Beckman is a mm -hmm. very good friend of mine. Jerry Kelly is a very mm -hmm. good friend of mine. Um, Joey Sindelar was probably the nicest, and it's hard for me to say because Joe Durant. I don't know how Joe Durant, anybody could be any nicer than Joe Durant. Joey Sindelar and Joe Durant, unbelievable. And Steve Stricker would be a close third. He had a heck of a weekend. Heck he of a week. Have, he did have, week. Yeah. yeah, he did have a pretty yeah. good for an old guy. He is an old guy. I'm not. He is an old guy. He competed against you, right? In the big oh, yeah. He that, was uh, yeah. He was two years. Uh, at Illinois? Two years or three years. He won my freshman year. We were at Illinois for the Big Ten, and he won. He was two years older than me because he was a junior. He won that year, and then the last year, I think the Big Ten was at Wisconsin, uh, his last year. His and home state. he won there, too. It's interesting to me that he went to Illinois, but he's a Wisconsin fan. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's like how like hardcore. Yeah. Kind of, they're conference rivals. How does yeah. That work? I mean, Jerry Kelly, he lives up there with him, too. And Jerry is like this big Wisconsin man. Yeah. He went to Hartford. Yeah. Now, I understand that a little more. But when you go to another school within the Big he, Ten. Not only did he go to Illinois, but he was like a superstar yeah, at Illinois. In the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Superstar. Yeah. So, um, who 
who's your who are some of your favorite guys to play with on tour, or who have been some of your favorite guys to play with? Uh, Joe Durant was probably always my favorite guy to play with. We used to play every time we got paired. We played a hundred dollar no bogey. So wow. So if you didn't make a bogey, the other guy owed you a hundred bucks. Yep. And a funny story on that: we're playing at CVS one year, which it was still a CVS, still a tournament. And I I ended up finishing third in the tournament. We're playing on Sunday. And I'm making a move through the field, and Joe's just kind of staying stagnant. And Joe makes a bogey on, like, the seventh or eighth hole, and so he's out. And it's just the two of us playing. We get to 18, par five. I should be licking my chops. It's reachable. I make birdie. Who knows? I might win. And the only thing I was talking to him about the entire time, the only thing I was concerned about was not making a bogey because I wanted his 100 bucks. (laughs) (laughs) It's a true story. So I hit my drive, and it just catches in the right piece of the rough. It I chop it out into the fairway. I've got like a hundred yard shot and the pins on the front left. And I, I kind of get a little steep, leave a little bit short, gets in the rough, just short of the green. And now I miss the green. We're walking up the green. I said, I can't believe that I'm freaking going to make a bogey on this. And Joe is like, Smitty, what are you talking about? Like chip this ball in and try to win the tournament. I said, Oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm getting this thing up and down for your hundred bucks. And I chipped it up there close to that for bar and got a no bogey. Um, but I, I always really, really looked forward to playing with him. He was very easy to play with. Um, the The majority of it, as it got, as I got older, I enjoyed some of the. Uh, I started enjoying some of the younger kids, and I also mm-hmm. started really not enjoying some of the younger kids. Makes sense. And so I have some really good. Jordan Spieth is one of the best. Like I would encourage everybody to root for Jordan Spieth. Nice human being. Uh, so, you know, I, I probably if I just had to pick one name, it'd probably be Joe Durant. Okay. Good answer. Uh, favorite tournament to play in? British Open. British? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Just hearing you talk about it, I could see the excitement in your face. Best tournament. So. It's the best tournament in the world. Best fans in the world. Best golf course in the world. It's the best tournament in the world. It's a bummer they're not got fans again this year. I know. It's, it's really super bummer. sad. They are super educated, yeah. respectful, knowledgeable fans. Um, favorite course, uh, uh, North Berwick okay. in Scotland. Okay. I like it. Most memorable shot. Was it, was it the one you talked about earlier? Uh, I have a couple of them probably okay. like, it would be hard for me to not say the shot in the state high school on the par five over the tree and barn. Um, I don't know. And the reality of this situation, uh, probably the shot that meant the most to me and was the most memorable shot was probably the bunker shot on 17 yeah, that's at what, the Buick. That's the one yeah. I thought after you said that earlier. Yeah. I'll tell you the one that I see on Twitter the most is your, uh, it's like a punch cut a few years Ooh, ago. Memphis. Memphis. Yeah, yeah. PGA likes to put that one yeah. on Twitter. That's a nice shot. That was. Of course, I missed the pot. <laughs> yeah, but it was a heck of a shot. That's in the vault. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they just tweeted that in 2020 sometime. Yeah, because yeah. I remember retweeting it from from our account. Um, your favorite moment of one of your sports teams? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I know you're a big Buckeye fan, of course, but you're also a big diehard St. Louis Cardinal fan. I am. I, my favorite moment of a sport team I've already alluded to. And that was when Rochester high school beat Tippecanoe Valley to win their first football sectional championship right here in Rochester, Indiana. And I will never forget that night. Uh, Loved that night. 
um, as far as I don't think I like it. I mean, when Ohio State won in 02 against Miami, um, yep. against Miami I was watch. I was at the tournament champions on the beach in Maui. Not a bad, the Ritz Carlton, not a bad yeah, place to watch it. I would say so. Yeah, the, the Buckeyes won in a phenomenal game that nobody gave him a chance in. Super highlight moment. Um, I was sitting watching Chris Carpenter win the World Series in 2011, game one and game seven winner. Uh, super fun to see your friend doing it. Um, I would probably be between, I'd probably be between the 2011 World Series of the Cardinals and Rochester beating Tippy Canoe like Valley hey, in the that, sectional championship. That's going to make a lot of our listeners of yours it's happy. It's true. <laughs> I remember that like it was just yesterday, and it was so great to take those Valley Vikings down. But, but you're still a busy guy right now. I know you're planning to play some turn, try to play some tournaments this year. I am. Yep. I hope so. It. I was playing on last year. Uh, the world is a strange place right now, and uh, I hope that everything gets back to normal and – the schedule gets back to normal and uh, I have a little bit of access because I would like to play this mm-hmm. year, but you do have some other things going on. Um, I would say golf related. I do. I uh, got the hat right there. Circle 15. Um, yeah. Why don't you tell us about circle 15 golf? So we've been, this was a, this was something that kind of came at me a couple years ago. Um, we have a patent on, on the glove humidor there that you have in your hand. Um, and it is a, it's a device to keep your gloves fresh and keep them from drying up. Uh, I spent, I spent about 13 months probably developing that golf glove. And, uh, I'm incredibly proud (laughs) of the golf glove. And I think the golf club is, uh, unbelievable. Yes. I'm a, I've been a tailor-made and Titleist golf glove loyalist my whole life, but not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. Nope. You, you're on the Circle 15 staff now. Absolutely. But it's it's been fun. Uh, we launched in November, and uh, I have a good team that I'm working with. Um, I would encourage everybody to go look at circle15golf.com. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a... It's something that I'm passionate about. It's something that I've wanted to do for a long time. And I'm finally in a spot in my life where some dots connected the right way. And uh, it became a reality and we're working hard on it. I, we, had a, we had a three hour phone call about it today because we're in the process of um, trying some new innovative things with the, the box. And uh, it's been exciting. We have some new products that are going to be put on the website here in the next couple of days. Um, so it's been fun. I was an econ major at Ohio state, which I mean, I don't know what that compares to being a Purdue graduate. I, well, you know, at Purdue, I was a public relations. So that's like <laughs> lowest on the totem pole at Purdue. So, but I, you're getting, you know, I figured you can give me the argument that it's a better, it's a better, uh, education overall, but well, I will yeah. fight you to the end. <laughs> I will fight you to the end, but I, it, I would, I always had in this, in the back of my mind, I always had this idea that at some point when I'm done playing golf, I wanted to do something that was business because my dad was always a business guy and I went to school for this business stuff. And, uh, it's kind of how my mind works. And I've tried to, to, you know, use all that with my traveling of 
25 years of golf and hiring and firing employees and teachers and, uh, you know, all this stuff. So it's fun for me because I know that at this point I'm comfortable with, and I'm happy with where I'm at with my golf. And I, yes, is there still that fire in me? Absolutely. Do I still have the ability? Yes. Do I still think that I'm going to pop off some good tournaments? Absolutely. I do. But it's also nice for me to have to be transitioning into something that, you know, it's it's very difficult to get up every morning and know that you have to be the best in the world at something. I can't imagine. It's exhausting. And, you know, you talk about Tiger and Phil and I mean, I I've spent the last 30 years, Mm -hmm. actually more than that, because I was playing college golf with Phil. I've spent the last 30 junior golf i've spent the last 37 years getting up every morning trying to be the best in the world Mm -hmm. at something and there there does come a time where it's just like okay i still like it's i'm hyper competitive and i will continue to need that competitive juice to flow but there's also there's a little part of me that it's just kind of like okay i'm 51 at this point i don't have to be the best anymore i want to be as good as i can Mm -hmm and see what that does, but I don't have to be the best anymore. Well, it's exciting for me. I mean, writing your promo, it's for the everyday golfer, just like me. So <laughs> You're I, way better. Didn't you shoot a couple under par in the sectional or regional one time? No. Logan Sport Golf Club. Yes, you did. Not, not in the sectional. It was uh, my last nine-hole match in high school. Yeah. yeah. Double bogeyed the first hole and then shot two under. Yeah. Yeah. Threw four, some, four under the next eight. You threw some darts after that. I did that. throw some darts yeah. that day. That threw was some one. darts. My dad missed that one. Oh, he wasn't there for that one? So I faked going in. I forget why he missed, but I, when I walked in the house, I act like I shot a 50. Yeah. I was all bummed out, and then I couldn't hide it. I'm, like, guessing, nah. I'm guessing your dad didn't miss very many of them. No, he didn't. He no, didn't. So no. you've got one more project I want to hit on real quick, and that's all sorts of BS podcast. Yeah, that's what you talk about learning curve. You, you ventured in the podcast world my friend yeah we were just <laughs> just pulling in and Elle's like l started giggling and i said what are you giggling at and she said oh, i just read this thing she said this this woman said why is it that men think that women talk all the time but yet every single one of them have a 45 minute podcast that nobody listens to <laughs> it's the truth it's the truth <laughs> and i said oh yeah that's a harsh it's, but it's, it's i've enjoyed the podcast um I'm learning. It's a huge learning curve. As you know, you've been doing this a long time and you are a professional. I am not a pro. I I appreciate the compliment. I am not a professional, but it's, I, I just, it's just another way to, for me to exercise my mind, challenge myself a little bit, try to figure out uh, something that's interesting. I think I have some interesting stories to tell. I think I have some interesting guests to bring on Mm -hmm. and whether we end up with, you know, 40, listeners or we end up with 400,000 listeners, it doesn't really matter because it's filling something inside of me that I'm enjoying doing and something I get up on Tuesday mornings and, and, you know, put together everything I've thought about for the last six days and try to do something entertaining. Yeah. And that's the most important part as long as you enjoy it and yeah. pushing yourself, challenging yourself, learning. You know, I'm involved with four, kind of five professional podcasts and people are like, why? Well, I do it. Because I enjoy it. I don't enjoy it. I won't do it. Professional. I'm not a professional by any means. <laughs> professional. But, but uh, any anything else you want to plug? No. Or tell I got, everybody. 
I got nothing to plug. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, How about your Instagram handle for everybody out there if they want to give you a follow? I don't on even Instagram. what am I? Am I? I think it's at Smitty fifteen. I think it is Smitty fifteen. Yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah. at Smitty fifteen. But yeah, my Instagram. You know what? That's a good point. I'm trying really hard to get some you're, followers you're, at Instagram. Yes, yes. I don't. I have really none. Uh, we'll, we'll get it up. Yeah. Tim and J man show nation. We'll get it up. There, yeah. So. I mean, I would enjoy some yeah. followers on Instagram. Now that's a whole nother thing. Like some of that stuff's going to be interesting. Some of it might not, but I will try to entertain you on that because uh, I do, do run across, across some interesting things. You do some good. That's stuff. a good call. Yep. That's probably why I don't have any followers. I don't tell anybody about <laughs> you know, promote it. Got to get used <laughs> yeah. to promoting it. Promote it. Follow Chris on Instagram, follow all sorts of BS on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook and follow circle 15 golf on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter as well. So, Chris, thanks for stopping by. I really appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. Glad we got this thing done. And uh, I'll put you to the test some week when, if Josh isn't available on a Monday and you are, I'll have you come up and fill in for him for an hour. Yeah, that's now that would be a <laughs> challenge. I would enjoy it, yeah. but that would be a challenge. We'll have to do that some week. Anytime. All right. Appreciate it, Chris. You got it.